This is the Self-Taught or Not podcast with Dylan Israel and Eric Hanchett, where we teach you the do's and don'ts of software development from two software development professionals, one self-taught and one not. All right. Um, no cold open this time. Let's just jump right in. All right. Um, so today we are going to be talking about uh, some of the, I guess one of the number one reasons sometimes people decide they want to go into development and that is sort of money. And so we're going to talk about um, all things money, negotiations, salary, sort of knowing where you're at and um, you know what things are important, what things aren't. Yeah, I think this is, like you said, Dylan, the number one thing people think of when they want to get into into this field that we're all both in. I mean, depends on where you are in your life. Some people since they were age of six years old, they started programming and they knew they were going to, to do this their whole life. But I think more and more often what you see is people kind of getting into this career either right after they get out of high school or later in life. It's just becoming really, really common and, and knowing how much you get paid and, and how to get and what you should expect is, is really important. Yeah, I know like one of the, the more common stories I keep hearing again and again and again is like people who go and they get like liberal arts degrees and they then have 50K in debt and then they can't pay them back and then they're just like, God, I, I like computers, let me look into that. Or they they go and they they work in their field for two, three years and like, God, this sucks. And then they're like, how can I go and do something? It's sort of that, you know, if you've ever looked at job stats and whatnot, dev and software and tech is... Uh, you know, always in the sort of top 10 and a lot of people transition. Yeah. And, and it also used to be like in the bad old days, in the early 2000s, late nineties to get a job in tech or especially development of any kind, you needed a college degree and that's just not true anymore. And so it's really opened up to a, a lot more people too. I think uh, one thing I was reading this book about how women in tech that just the the number of women getting into computer science, getting computer science degrees have plummeted in the last 20 years. And it's great that we're, we're an industry now that doesn't require a college degree and that more, we have definitely a lot more diversity coming in. But that's another topic for another day. Yeah. Today we're talking about cash money. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, money, money, money. Yeah. Which isn't everything, right? So like, uh, obviously, when you're choosing a workplace and you're interviewing, you want to go to a place you're going to grow, going to go to a place that has a good fit and that you're going to enjoy. Like I've turned down roles. I remember there's a, a financial, we'll just say uh, an investment company. We don't want to name names. Uh, n- not when you're saying bad stuff. Anyhow, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, that offered me about $15,000 more than uh, my other role. And I ended up going with the other role because I felt like uh, I wouldn't be as happy and I'd be a better developer, which is, you know, sort of, you have to put value on that as well. Yeah. So let's jump into that before we get into the, the numbers. So when you're, so let's assume that you are getting into this career and you are new and you either graduated college or maybe you're just transferring, like Dylan said, from liberal, liberal arts and you decide there's no money there or you're just self-taught. So the first thing you need to do is if you do get to that point of getting an offer, you really need to kind of determine all the benefits together of why you'd want to take this. Um, so one thing to keep in mind is, you know, their dental medical vision. Do they offer something like that? Do they offer for you 
to work from home. Uh, obviously, if this is your first position, probably not a great idea. Yeah, your first but, position, you just hop on whatever they give you. And yeah. then <laughs> if it sucks, you move on after three or six months. Yeah, that's true. It, assuming that maybe you have more than one offer or you're really trying to figure out, maybe you're, you work as a dental hygienist and you get this offer as a software developer. <laughs> you got to look at the time off policy, health fitness. Um, I know some companies I've worked for have given us health fitness reimbursements. Some companies I've worked for have given us free lunch, which is really cool. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, well, it's just lunch. Or they, some companies will do this thing, they'll pay for dinner, but you have to work past a certain time. If you work past like five or six o'clock Pacific time or, or whatever, five or six o'clock your time that is, they'll go ahead and just pay, pay for your dinner. Yeah, yeah, which uh, isn't all that great considering like if you broke your hourly pay down, counting benefits, it's probably around 70 to $85 an hour. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it is. Uh, but, you know, free food's always cool. I don't mind some free. Um, you know, when it comes to food, if it's free, even if it's bad, you'll eat it. <laughs> um, yeah, yes. I've worked at places that had cafeterias for their employees, and that's always a nice little perk. And then I've had places where the cafeteria, every like once every week or two, or once during the busy times, they kind of get everybody food. That that's nice too. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of uh, like snacks and drinks in the kitchen. Like I, it doesn't sound like much. And I've only had about half my workplaces do it. And it seems like the small, medium-sized companies, that's like an easy perk that they can add. But uh, I always really like it. Like the coolest thing, one of the, one of the cool things I interviewed for a role that I ended up taking, they had nitro coffee, which I like love. And so because <laughs> I'm addicted to caffeine, it was a selling point for me that I had unlimited nitro coffee in the uh, cafeteria. Have you ever worked at a place that... I've definitely worked at places that have free soda and free drinks. I've had some places I interviewed at one place where I opened up the drawers and it was just candy, just like tons and tons of candy bars and food for their developers and the people that work there. And I had one place I, I visited. I didn't interview there. They actually had a keg yeah. that they would do. Have you ever, you've talked to people, you've worked, or you've talked to some people that have a keg in their office. Yeah. Yeah. So that same place actually had um, a keg. And basically the rule was don't act a fool and try to wait till noon. And so like, <laughs> <laughs> like that was basically it, being an adult about it. And, um, you know, it was just on tap and, you know, for the most part, I would say, um, I didn't really partake too much. I'm not a very big drinker unless I'm depressed. No, that's a, that's a horrible joke. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't drink too much, but occasionally on Fridays, everyone's sort of winding down. There'd be like a, a little group drink that, if you wanted to sort of a, you know, cheers to the weekend sort of thing. Um, but I've always thought it was kind of weird. I'm yeah. I always think it's kind of weird too. I actually, I worked at a place. I used to drink these root beer bottles. And if you've ever seen the root beer bottles you buy at like the com uh, convenience store or grocery store, they look like beer bottles from a distance. If you don't see them, I used to, every day I would come in with a, with a root beer bottle and I had some guy thought I was drinking beer at work for my lunch every day. He's like, oh, you have another cold one. And I'm like, I didn't know what he was saying. And then later on, I'm like, oh, he thinks I'm like drinking beer. So next time he came around and made his like offhanded remark, I'm like, dude, this is a root beer bottle. I'm not drinking beer just because I felt like so weird about it. Hmm. Note to self, next time you go to work, don't bring it. You don't want to float that out there. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so your, your benefits can cover a lot of things. And like, we're talking like little sort of perks right now, but there's a lot of other things that are important, like 401k, um, you know, maybe they do additional portfolio investments for you, bonuses, um, profit sharing, you know, uh, compensation is, which is sort of a, not even the word that apparently HR calls it. Apparently like the technical word is called total rewards. Uh, it's, at least that's what my <laughs> HR calls it, which I thought it was sort of strange. Uh, but so your total rewards, uh, I don't know if that's an HR term, but, uh, or not, but, um, that can be so much more like maybe you make, you know, 60,000, but you might make another 10, 15 on top of that in your first job. If you have the right benefits. That That's good. I like, I like that, that term you're like rewarded. Yeah. Like you're getting um, a treat or something. <laughs> And beware to keep look at the fine print of any contract or any new hire paperwork that you sign. Look out for if you do get stocks and bonds, what the vesting schedule is on it, at least on the stocks. That's pretty common in, in Silicon Valley and Mountain View Bay Area where you get maybe maybe you can get 20000 maybe even 100000 in some of these places, but they vest over four years and they usually have a cliff, meaning if you leave in the first year, you don't get anything. So keep an eye out for that. And also NDAs, it's not, it's not, uh, it doesn't happen as often in California because it's not, uh, I guess in California, they say it's not, um, it's like not illegal. I guess it's sort of illegal. I don't know. I talked to someone about this. Other states, it's different though. Yeah. I just saw recently that um, this is sort of off topic a little bit, but the fast food industry apparently has had non-competes in their contracts for like decades. And uh, some of that's become illegal. I want to say it's either New York or California. So like you couldn't leave working McDonald's for $9 an hour, go to Burger King to make $10 an hour uh, because of that sort of stuff. I think for the most part, NDA, non-disclosure agreements, non-competes are pretty unenforceable. And newer companies usually don't make you fill them out. Older companies or old as huge established companies might make you fill them out. Just be aware with those. Um, usually they're not a great thing to do because some of them like limit the, the places you can work after you end up leaving. I mean, sometimes you just have to take it. You can't really do anything about it. And a lot of times they'll make you sign it and they never enforce it. Yeah. But you, know, you don't want to be the one guy that they do force and you get fired or, or they sue you. It probably never happens. Yeah, speaking also, of sort of... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, speaking of uh, additional sort of monetary benefits, you might get relocation or sign-on bonuses. Those typically will have, you know, a, a vest, not a, some will have a vesting period or maybe you get some money every three, six months, whatever it is. Some you'll get all up front, but then there's an expectation of a year or two years. And if you leave before that, they're going to, you know, dock it out of your uh, last couple checks. And usually too, a lot of these jobs will come from a recruiter. Depends on earlier in your career, but I've seen recruiters are so prevalent that almost any tech job now has some kind of recruiting agency that's working for them to get people. So if you work with a recruiter, you can kind of hash these details out with them. You can ask them a lot of things and a lot of times they'll go up to bat with you for you. Um, Let's talk a little bit about negotiation because I think me and Dylan both have the same opinion that you should always try to negotiate your salary. It doesn't, even if you're new, it doesn't hurt to try. Um, they almost would never rescind your offer just because you asked for no, more money. Yeah, and if they do, um, 
you don't want to work there anyhow. Like, because <laughs> it's, I mean, unless, unless you're shooting for the moon, they offer you a hundred, you say 200, you know, the conversation's probably done there, but you say, you know, I, I think I'm worth 120, 125. This is why. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but, and, and also a good, there's a lot of tips on negotiating. I think there's whole books on it. One thing to do is don't be the first person to give the number if you can. So usually if you're working with a recruiter, they'll ask you for the amount that you're looking for. Um, sometimes you can give them a broad range. I realize they may pick the lower part of that range. So I, so I disagree with this. Um, hmm. I've, I've, I, so I've had this sort of talk. And uh, when I first started my career, I did exactly that. And what I learned was that I, sometimes I would just lose, people would lose interest because they, they have a range that they have to work it with. And as I got more uh, mature in my career and I was worth more money, the number one indicator to eliminate time wasters is just to tell them what I want. And if they can pay it, great. But if they could, you know, I'm, I go, I'm fairly above market value. And I think it's important that ask for whatever it is you want and that you'll actually take. Um, that way everyone's on the same page. I'm always worried though, if you do that and you say, maybe you think you're above market rate, I'm just going to make it up. Maybe you say 140 is my above market rate. You say 140 and they're like, cool, you're done. You're in. But if you would have had them throw out the first number, maybe they thought the above market rate was 150 and you just lost yourself out $10,000. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a possibility. I could tell you. So I, I, I accepted a role for $25,000 more and I asked for, um, at the time I asked for 90 and they came back with a hundred. And so they actually offered me more money than what I asked for, which is unique. But I, even then I was like, damn it, I want to ask for more money now because they want me so bad. But then it's like, how do you ask for more money after they offered you, you know, 10 grand more than what you asked for? Yeah, you're kind of stuck. One thing is after you accept the offer, don't, this probably, you're going to have to work for raises every year and you're going to be in the system, which means that in a good company, it's maybe two to 5% a year with bonus. And then that doesn't include bonuses. If you're in a bad company, maybe it's 1%, 2% a year. If you get one to 2%, have some self-respect and quit that job for a different <laughs> job. Even if you take the same pay, uh, one to 2% is insulting. This doesn't even keep up with inflation. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes you're just stuck. And then at that time, Dylan would say, what do you do when you're stuck like that? Get the hell out. Uh, well you just got you work on your skills and then you go and make yourself more valuable um i remember talking with a director of mine and we were just having a a casual conversation as a group and um he didn't necessarily agree with this sentiment but the group sentiment was that if you give a developer that you want to keep anything less than five percent you're telling them that you don't want to keep them because somebody else will give them more than five percent to leave (laughs) So I that's, wish that's, that's a pretty good, I've never gotten, I've gotten raises, but just like the yearly increases, I've never gotten 5%. But I, I know what you're saying. That's pretty good. I mean, you could leave. I promise you, you could go leave for another company. I'm sure you're very happy where you're at, but I promise yeah. you, you could go and get 5% at any other company you leave. Yeah. Yeah. If you leave, I guess, you know, I've only been in my company for a year and a half and I've done pretty well, but um, I understand that. Let's, let's talk about, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, so sometimes companies, they, 
it's hard for them to figure out how to justify to give you raises. And so what they do is they promote you to justify to give those raises. <laughs> so sometimes companies have to get very creative. But by and large, um, you know, the number one way to just sort of increase your salary is just to make sure that you have a very strong starting salary. Yeah, exactly. Yep, work on that. Make sure you're happy with that and then look at the total compensation. So I'm going to, so I, I'm, going to talk some numbers now and i pulled this out of uh bestplaces.net it's a website where you can kind of look up any place where you're living at and kind of get the cost of living that you give give you a calculator from like one to 100 or actually it goes on up from 100 one to like 200 really and so i pulled out three different categories of cost of living and then what i'm i just kind of put some numbers together what i think our averages for these different types. And I, I want to see Dylan if you agree, because I think we might have a, a few disagreements on this, but that's okay. We have two different ideas. So I'm so if you're starting a new job and you're in a low cost of living area, I'm talking about like Dallas, Phoenix, Philadelphia, Detroit, Tampa Bay, or Tampa. Actually I think Tampa's more medium now. I think the housing income has gone up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um I mean I hope so. I just bought a house here a year ago. <laughs> um Tampa. So, I mean, for me coming from Los Angeles, I, uh, Tampa was like a, it went, it was like, I doubled my money. <laughs> and so it, like, not only did I get like a 50% raise to come out here from my previous job, but I also then had this substantial cost of living de- decrease. So it was just fantastic. And I think you can tell like if you're in one of these low cost of living areas, just by how much money you're spending on your rent or mortgage payments every month, how much the food's costing, things like that. So just kind of ballpark. Now I did, I did, when I thought about this, about starting salaries, I was thinking about, do you have a college degree or you don't have a college degree? And I will say just blanket statement that if you don't have a college degree, these numbers, you could start a a junior position at like $10 an hour, $15 an hour. Yeah, that's one of the unique things about development and like it's not I don't even think this is a degree thing. I think this is just a, a software thing where you might get one of those roles that start at ten dollars an hour. My first internship was twelve dollars an hour. It was only there three months, but um, you know, it's one of those items where you can have a vast difference in skill level and it's important that you understand that. You may have to you know, you may start at twelve, then go to twenty, then go to thirty, then go to forty, then go to fifty, but the you know you gotta you have to this is sort of one thing that pisses me off about some of these lazy freaking people <laughs> lazy people that barely can code that i interview so they just assume that they should get this six-figure job and it's like you can barely write a for loop like there's families <laughs> out there working hard jobs that are you know barely scraping by making 40 50k and you just think you should like you should have to earn your salary uh and it's not just gonna be given because you know the field is so in demand uh yeah i think people get like the stars in their eyes and like i I deserve a hundred thousand dollars or they look at the salaries they pay in silicon valley but i would say if so let's say you have some experience um maybe you're self-taught maybe you got from a boot camp and you're trying to get for that starting junior role i mean assuming you're you know you you're starting with something yeah, I would say forty-five to fifty-five thousand dollars in a low cost of living area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I can tell you that when I my very first like real role, um, 
I, I consider when I came down to the Tampa area and I started at 62, but uh, I do think that was probably a okay to generous starting salary. And, um, you know, I, I, cause I didn't know shit. And so <laughs> I knew enough to barely get a job, I think. Um, but you know, that first role that, that you're starting, regardless of the areas, it shouldn't be about money. It should be about learning and growing. And like the next few roles will be about money. Yep. And I think like a medium cost of living area that could be like 50,000 to 60,000 starting. And then a high cost of living area like New York, LA, San Francisco Bay area, Seattle, Boston, you're, you can be close to 95,000, 90,000 to a hundred thousand starting. Um, I would say that that the cost of living so high there that even starting at that salary is still tough. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I, I, cost of living is a very big thing for me. And when I've considered roles, uh, outside of California, it's always in States that had a lower cost of living and like, even have considered things outside of Florida I then consider it. And so like the easy thing for me to, to compare is like, I'll just do the, my comparison, like, Oh, what is it like based on my current salary living there? And I just think like, Oh, it's cheaper. So it'd be like, if I was living here and let's say I was making a hundred and 50% cheaper, it's like, Oh, I'm making like 150 or, Oh, it's 50% more expensive. It'd be like, Oh, I make like 50 grand. And you just start to do this soft math in your head. And then you can kind of get a very rough idea of what it's like in the in your new location sometimes. Exactly. A mid mid career on a on a low cost of living, I would say this is after you have a few years of experience, you know, anywhere between fifty five thousand to seventy thousand for like a medium cost of living area, sixty thousand to seventy five thousand. On a high cost of living area, maybe a hundred thousand to a hundred and 10,000, Yeah. Once you get past that initial job, it becomes very interesting because uh, you, your, your salary can jump quite a bit if you got quite a bit better. And so like, I know for my very second job, I went, I ended up going from 62 to 67 uh, at the job I was at. And then um, after spending one year there, I went to 75, which wasn't a huge jump, but it's, you know, when, if you compare it to 62 at that point, it's, you're almost at a 20% pay increase in a year. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I'm trying to think back of what I was, I was paid around, my first job was paid around 60,000 out of college. And then it went up a lot higher. My second job kind of just went up from there. I'm trying to think the exact numbers. But let's move on. So when you get after a few years, depending on, on, on your, how fast you're leveling up, it could just be a year. <laughs> it could be two years. Yeah. But eventually, you'll be known as the senior developer. Um, if, you're, if you're in a really established place, you might become an architect or you might become a... I know there's a bunch of different titles we call senior developers nowadays. Yeah. I mean, this goes back to my earlier point about trying to promote people to keep them and give them more money. Um, you have team leads, you yep. have uh, senior team leads, sometimes, tech leads, um, principals, uh, managers. I haven't heard principals, but, uh, yeah, you have, uh, managers, architects, um, you know, uh, so they'll come up they'll, they'll look at, and eventually they'll just start throwing numbers on there. You'll be architect one, two, and three. And <laughs> once they come up, can't come up with anything else. I, there's really no standard for 
developers and and what your title is. So every company makes it up. Yes. <laughs> so it's really no different. And you can somehow make correlations between one company and another, but hold on one sec. All right. All right. So one, I think at the end of your journey here, once you become the senior developer or principal or architect or whatever, uh, the salary ranges kind of vary a lot. I would say in low cost, of living, you could be making 70,000 and be considered a senior developer. And a medium cost of living, you could be making 75, and a high cost of living, you could be making, you know, 100, you wouldn't be considered senior until you're making 130,000. So it just varies quite a bit. And um, there's a lot of room too. So even if you're living in a medium cost of living area, you might be, some companies might consider $75,000. You might be making $75,000 and senior. Someone in that same company could be making $130,000 and be the senior developer. So I've, I've seen there's no consistency, even in larger companies, of how much they pay people and their titles. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's the same role at any company can be doubled uh, at uh, one other company. Depend- but that, that that's also goes to sort of where you're at in your career. Are you working for those more established, you know, um, corporate sort of billion dollar companies that are doing tons and tons of revenue? Or are you working at those small to medium ones as you're working your way up? And gent- that, that's sort of the path I've taken. Just worked my way up and you know, not only have we get those salary increases, we also now start getting some of those additional benefits where your PTO is now fantastic versus like the seven days or 10 days you got your, you know, your health insurance is much better. Your 401k is better. Your, you know, you got so many more holidays, your bonuses are much larger, all that sort of stuff. So it, it definitely is going to vary by organization. Do you think, let me ask you this, Dylan. So let's say you're in an organization, you've been there for a year or two and you got, you got a promotion and let's say you're making $110,000. Um, you know, you have some coworkers that work with you. Is it okay, you know, after work to have some beers, tell your coworkers how much you make, see if you can find out how much they make just to see if you're on the same level or do you think that's asking for trouble? Uh, so I'm very open about salary. So I've done videos about my salary in the past um, I make 115 and I have a, a 13% bonus right now. And then I have some other uh, stuff like investments that the company pays for. I think we all should be talking about it. Um, I will say that um, I do know that a, a, a colleague of mine makes 5,000 more dollars than I do. Um, and that's just because he asked for 5,000 more dollars. <laughs> um, but I do think that you should find out exactly where you're at. And I, I can tell you that it's caused issues for other developers in the past. Um, a story of I went from 75 to 105 at uh, my uh, second job, uh, which I had about maybe a two years of experience, like full-time dev experience at that time. And another developer who was in a similar boat, but um, the company didn't want to do that for him. And um, that caused him to leave. And so sometimes it can cause issues. Sometimes that can you know, they say, all right, well, if you're willing to pay him this here, but not me, then I'll go find somebody elsewhere that will. And that may sound harsh, but the company's got to do what they think is right. And personally, I would rather know 
if my coworker made 40 grand more than me or 20 grand more than I did so that I could say, look, I'm worth that. Maybe you don't see it, but I can at least go trick a company out there <laughs> to, to pay me it. Yeah, I have a quick story on that. What? So I've been in companies and where I, I heard a story. I was working at a company and one guy was making 105000 and over beers after work one day, he told to his coworker that he was making you know, six figures and his coworker was only making like 84,000. Mm-hmm. So he got the coworker that was making 84,000, got all upset. He, during his next one-on-one review, he said, why am I only getting paid 84,000 and this guy's getting paid 105,000. And the guy that told him kind of told him, you know, down low, you know, don't tell anybody. And it, it became a huge issue. And to the point where they stopped talking together because it was like they violated his trust. And I don't think the person that gave out his salary got in trouble at all, but it, it did cause issues. Yeah, I do think it's illegal to tell a company not talk about it. And I actually, so before I made that video, I, and I, it's like sometimes you read shit online and you're like, oh, sure, someone wrote a blog about whether this is illegal or not. So I had reached out to um, my HR representative directly to make sure that that was the case because like i'm not like i'm I'm glad to talk about it but if they're gonna fire me and it's <laughs> it's legal for them to do it nah i'm not cool with yeah. that I, I i got a mortgage you know what i mean <laughs> uh but yes for the at least in the state of florida as far as i know and i believe in california as well which is where i was before that it, it's actually um you know an employer can't tell you not to talk about your compensation i think and that so after the yeah exactly you sh- it shouldn't be illegal so after that happened, well, money's I a, was like scared. I was like, ooh, I shouldn't tell my salary to anybody. Yeah, money's a taboo thing a lot of times. It's like we've a lot of people grow up not being able to handle money properly and understand what it means. That's why credit card debt's out, out of control and people have stupid ass loans to make 40 grand, take out an 80 grand car loan, stupid shit. Like, <laughs> um, it's not one of those things that's really taught. And there's sort of this ne- negative aspect of talking about it because then you come off money hungry and whatnot and all the negatives that people associate with it yeah exactly and that's kind of how i felt for a little bit but i don't think like so in in different job later on i was working with a coworker, and he played he basically asked me one day he's like how much do you make and then i was thinking like, i don't want to tell him because i was pretty sure i made more than him but i felt like if i told him that I made more than him, then he would be mad and think that I got paid too high. And if I told him I made a number that it was less than him, then he'd think that maybe he deserved more or something. So I kind of got in my head that I shouldn't do it. But then afterwards, after, you know, talking to you and, and, you know, going on this journey a few years later, I'm like, I think it's healthy to talk to your coworkers about how much you make. Um, if you trust them, of course, just because you're going to get a good idea of like, are you being underpaid in your job? Are you being overpaid in your job? Is, you know, if you're finding out you're really underpaid in your job, then like you said, Dylan, maybe it's time to find another job. Or when you get to that review at the end of the year, you don't say, Hey, I know other people are making 120,000. You'd be like, Hey, you know, I think I'm a little underpaid. Is there, you know, is there something I can do to get that raise? Or like, can you give me a, a plan of how I can, earn more or maybe you could just approach it like that to your boss yeah and that, uh, some way you can make more money i, and I think it's a huge advantage by t- sharing your salary with your coworkers. yeah and i've had other developers like this one developer wanted essentially the raise right then and there uh which <laughs> good luck uh, <laughs> um but 
you know, I've had other developers who are like, okay, my, my one year is three months off and you're making $30,000 more than me. Uh, that's not going to happen after my one year. Uh, we're going to get that down to $5,000 or even. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it lets you know where you stand and, you know, companies, if they like you, if you're doing a good job, they want to keep you. There's plenty of devs. They probably feel they're overpaying, but if you're a good dev, they're going to try and pay you a good dev wage to keep you because it's, it's a competitive industry. It's hard to keep people and it's hard to, it's hard to find people. I'm, I'm trying to find developers to join my team at work and I can't find anybody that's uh, qualified. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's definitely one of those items where companies want to keep you, but you have to prove your value. Sometimes people forget that our salaries, our benefits, our compensation, let's say altogether, probably, I think they say something like 25% of what your base salary is, is what it costs a company just to, to keep you with benefits, not even counting taxes. And so like, you know, I'm 115, that probably all together, everything, bonuses, all that, I'm probably costing my company 160 a year. I have to provide 160 plus of value because they're not, this isn't a charity. These are companies, they want to make money. And sometimes people need to remember that. So if you're not providing your value and you're saying, I want more, People are just going to be like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think at the end of the day, you have to have that minimal amount of work ethic. You're going to have to, you're going to have to be a good employee. You're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to earn that money. Yeah. I, I can tell you that the people in my past who have wanted more money, but didn't get it. If you, I've had conversations with them because I, Anytime I've ever asked for more money, I've gotten it. And it's never been an issue. And probably because I'm very forward with it. They're, you know, I don't know how many people walk up to their boss and say, I need more money, but I do. <laughs> so um, one thing is that the people that I've known who have been unsuccessful with it, if you were to ask them what side projects they're working on, if they code outside of work, if they're learning, they say, no, I, you know, I just want to live my life or you know they give you some hippy dippy answer it's like (laughs) that's fine but you you know learning to to cook really well isn't going to help your uh your workplace want to give you ten thousand more dollars um so you got you gotta you have to understand that you know you need to increase your value if you're going to ask for more value yep i think that's a good note to wrap it up anything else we missed one last thing i want to talk about was negotiation um We kind of hinted on it a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. I always, so I have sort of one single rule I wanted to share with people. Um, And sometimes people forget that you can negotiate other things than just money. You know, we're so content about like, you know, base salary and whatnot. And obviously you should. And I always have like a $5,000 rule where if they don't offer me exactly what I asked for, I always ask for $5,000 more Um, because that's, that's a small enough amount that they'll probably say yes. Um, but also that you can negotiate other things like remote time. You can negotiate um, maybe having a, instead of waiting a year for your next review and you want to make a little bit more money a little bit sooner, you could have six months. You can um, you know, negotiate uh, a different schedule. I'm, I've worked with many developers who work four 10-hour days and have three-day weekends and you know, pay for conferences. All these things are, are negotiable a lot of times. Um, but if you do negotiate it, get that shit in writing. Because the second someone uh, says, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. Um, You know, you just want to make sure that that it's in your contract so that everyone's on the same page in case the company takes a turn or something changes. 
get it in writing. That's a good one. Yeah. That's, that's all I got though. <laughs> all right, cool. We'll wrap it up. Thanks guys for listening and uh, till next time. Yeah. Till next time on self-taught or not. Hey guys, thanks for watching. If you want to find more about what I'm up to, go to dylanisrael.com. And if you want to know what I'm up to, you can check out my website at eric.video. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And if you do, you might even be featured on our next episode. Don't forget to check out the website at selftaughtornot.com. From there, you can sign up for a mailing list where we give away free courses and a bunch of cool stuff. And we'll also let you know when the next episode comes out. And finally, if you didn't know, we have a Facebook group. It's called Code Tech and Caffeine. We have over 10,000 members and you can find the link at selftaughtornot.com. So come join us. We have tons of developers willing to help you guys, mentor you guys. Check it out. Just make sure you go to selftaughtornot.com and check out the Code Tech and Caffeine link. Thanks and take care.